welcome to church. We're going to do it a little different. You're going to come into my lounge room. I was going to put some woodworking things up there and some tools, and but no. Hey, why don't we give a big hand to our senior pastors, Pastor Pam, Daryl, Daryl and Pam. They're going to come and join us. Now, we've got to keep you guys, no, we've got to keep you together, but we've also got to keep Greg and Daryl separate because they fight, and we've got to keep me and Greg separate because we fight. No, there's nothing problem. Uh, Daryl and Pam up this end. Um, Pam, you're in the middle there, over, over to that side. This is great. This is live television. And also I'd like to give a big hand to our wonderful couple, Greg and Stace, down the end. It's fantastic. Hello. I've got a mic. I can reply, can't I? Yes, you can. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> this is great. Oh, all the children may go. Yep. <laughs> I had I had a dream last night that I packed like a, a, a crocheted lap rug and a thermos. Yeah, no, that wasn't a dream. I sent that to you. Yes. Yeah, coffee. Yeah, can we have some coffee? No, no don't. <laughs> cool. This is cool. If you want to get a better seat, come up the front. There's plenty of seats up the front. You can enjoy yourselves. And we're going to do a few things crazy different, and we'll see how we go. There's some really cool um, questions I've been sent to ask <laughs> via this iPad-y thing. And uh, I thought I'd change it up. I'd just scrub them all delete them all and we'll just ask Greg all the questions. Who reckons we should ask Greg some curly questions? Greg, what's the going rate for a spoon these days? <laughs> you mean a wooden spoon? A wood, yes, well, okay. Smack someone on the bottom with. Cool. Fantastic. So, we're, yeah, this is going to be cool. Um, Pastor Darrell's got a microphone. He hasn't got an iPad yet. It's not working. Um, He's guess, on. Guess it is. Here he is. Nice. Good, yep. that's good. Cool. So today is talking about your generation. That's the intro. That is it. Stace, why don't we tell us what today is all about, please? Okay, I'm actually going to throw to Greg. And we have, we have a confession to make, and I want to just quickly wish my dad a happy Father's Day. Because this is like, we're talking about the generations, and we thought Father's Day would be a really good day to do that. Um, and we bought you some chocolate, and we ate it on Sunday night. <laughs> You ate it? We ate it. And so Greg bought another one in the week. And then Josh got home from ski camp on Friday night. He's like, do you have any chocolate? So we ate that too. So now I have a card. Happy Father's Day. Okay, and now Greg will tell you what this morning's about. Can I have a confession? Stace was actually, this is all Stace's idea. So yesterday she said, I'm not going to answer the first question. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not answering it. So I'm just going to not even study the answer and give her the mic back. Okay, all right. You can tell this is going well. No, we are talking about your generation this morning. And we had some big birthdays in our family. We've had Greg's, all within a month, Greg's granddad turned 90. Mum turned 60. And then a couple of days later, Greg was 40. And just before Grandpa, Matt turned 40. And just thinking on that generation thing and, and everything we do impacts the next generation, whether intentionally or not. And um, earlier in the year... Greg and I were, you know, anointed and appointed and, and the word transition was used and we never really fully went into um, into that and we want everyone to really know all of our hearts for the church and what we see for the future. So we thought today would be good for that. Awesome. Question two. 
Greg would have failed the first question quite miserably. I got told to behave. So, um, can, can you, can you the, if it was space? a test, it would have been, what's your name? And Greg would have failed quite <laughs> miserably. Um, so, hey, let's go over to this side of the couch. Um, Darren and Pam, can you tell us a little about what happened when you first came here? Um, what happened, how you saw Life Church, which was called... It was, it was uh, no, it was Benalla no. Assembly of God. There you go. Back in those days. And I just thought I should tell you something else remarkable here that just happened right now. In the middle of this, I got a message. And it says, Daryl, $28,136.12 you have in an unclaimed Oslotto win. Please don't ignore this. Claim your bonus today. I've never ever bought a lotto ticket. So so how do you work that out? I just thought I would tell you that. Rubbish you get sent. I cannot believe it. But anyway, uh, if it is true... I'll shout you something. <laughs> no problems. <laughs> uh, praise God. So we've been thinking about this for a bit, but um, it's a long time ago. Uh, but I know when I first came, um, it was just to uh, preach for a Sunday morning because of the circumstances. The, the previous pastor had left, the church had... Uh, well, some other people hadn't left the church. had been a big fight it was a horrible uh, time and so we were just asked to come and fill in one Sunday to preach and uh, the church is around we're going to send someone every alternate Sunday to preach and so that's all I came for but God clearly spoke to Pam and I coming through the doors of what is now the multi-purpose room and said we were coming here and he had previously spoken to us early that year and we knew that he was calling us into ministry, so it sort of added up, but um, yeah, it wasn't what we thought the call would be. And so it was a bit of a, uh, yeah, when, when I first came, I could see potential in the church. Um, I could see potential in the people uh, of what the church could be one day. Uh, and I'll follow a few of my notes this morning because I don't want to rave on and take everyone's time up. But I also saw the potential of what the building could be one day. Um, in the beginning, uh, it wasn't... Uh, we, we, the folk that were here probably thought it was wonderful, but we thought it was terrible. And uh, there was grass outside that long that I couldn't, ride, couldn't mow it with my ride on. Um, it was stalling and I had to sort of go back and, and go back and get a run at it and really tall. And uh, I spoke to some of the guys and they said, oh, we could put a barbed wire around and put some sheep in here to get it down. And I thought, I think we've got a bit of a battle here. <laughs> uh, it wasn't welcoming, but I could see the potential of it to be that. And uh, But I also saw a church, church that needed healing. As I say, the, uh, there'd been a split and uh, the previous pastor had left. And I, to go with that, I saw a church that needed stability um, since its inception, since its planting. Uh, there had been several pastors and <coughs> Lorraine, who was a, an original member, 
uh, would, would um, I think, agree. I think the longest pastor had stayed three and a half years. And the others, uh, there have been several others, and it was a lot less time than that. And so there's no stability in that. And so we left to come down here. We put all our furniture in a truck I rented. We took off on a hot summer's day. You and Stacy with Stacy's cat in the car. And uh, me in a truck with Steve and our black Labrador dog who was <laughs> slobbering all over me. And I, and it just seemed an enormous task for me. I, I was very good at earth moving. That's what I had been doing. And so I, I just said, Lord, and I was a bit jumpy about it all. And I thought, I don't even know if I know what I'm doing, Lord. You've got to help me. And I said, Lord, is there one thing you could tell me that I could do that would help to bring healing and stability into the church? Could you just, I'm pretty dumb, Lord, just can you give me one thing? And as clear as anything, God spoke to me and he said, stay there. I was driving here and he said, stay there. So uh, we've stayed here 21 years and still counting. So Reckon uh, that might be worth a clap. That's what I... Uh, Slightly. That was in the beginning, yeah. It was vastly different from where we came from. Um, but it, when you know God has called you, when, or like when you know he's saying to do something, no matter what it is, he knows the outcome. He knows the, the process and it's like, well, and you know that he's, it's going to be good because all things work together for good. And I know when we stepped through those doors, my first reaction was, oh no, God, oh no, we're coming. But in, in that, I, don't, I think that was because we were so a part of where we were. We knew we were running an outreach um, church at Chilton in the evening and we're in um, Wodonga in the morning. But So, you know, when you're doing life... That is normal, isn't it? That is what's happening. And so then when God shifts you in a different direction, your natural response can be, oh no. I didn't mean just that about the place. I mean, I love it, absolutely love it here. It's beautiful. But at the time, we were doing one thing and he took us in another direction. But we knew it was God. And, and I, um, when we came over that Glen Rowan Hill and I just looked out over everything, I just felt like God was just bringing us into a, the promised land. It was this was the place He had for us to be in, and my heart, my heart was just to see everybody grow and um, just um, just know God in a in a greater way, and and just be people who love people and reached out to others, and and that they went in were in the destiny. They moved into the destiny that God had for each of them. So that was our heart, to see people um, just know God using them and reaching out to our community. As a, from my point of view, yeah, the, you, you've accomplished that so much that, yeah, they've spoken to mine and Christy's lives even. We're just related, but just incredible couple that have come with a drive and a driven um, dream that have come and have accomplished that many, many, many times. It's really incredible. So, 
So well, Stace, this is Stace, if you don't know. She's the daughter, but I think I've married the better daughter. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Of course. <laughs> I'm going to have a fight. The There's a fight. <laughs> so what are you, you obviously came that day. You, so I came, yeah, came I was, um, I had just turned 16. So you can imagine for me, I'd, it was really, really devastating <laughs> because I'd had, I'd had hard teen years to that point anyway. Um, and I'd always, we, it was a large church, so I'd been in a large kids ministry, a large youth group, sort of surrounded and always in meetings, always um, doing that. So to be pulled out, and I was the only one my age for years either side, um, and it was really hard. Um, and it even affected, like, I was so sick, I couldn't even eat. It was, I was, it was not good. <laughs> but in that, you know, God told me, um, you know, he'd obviously spoken to mum and dad. And so I knew that and I knew that when God spoke that, you know, he wasn't going to forget about me. And so he began to speak to me. And um, I remember him sort of saying, you've got a choice. Okay, run home, run home to all your friends and the way things were. Follow the crowd at school. I could have followed the crowd at school because my only invitation for friendship was, you know, hey, do you want to come to this party or do you want to... I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to. Um, or follow, follow God. And I was alone in it, but he is faithful. Um, and I remember one time I was just, just worshipping, just spending time with God, and, and I saw this. He sort of showed me this room full of people worshipping. And I could see there's sort of no edge on the room, but all these people encountering God. And he said, if you stay and you're faithful to this house, that you're going to see that here. And so he began to give me a heart. You know, he began to speak to me. Um, and so I stayed and I got, uh, I did my VCE, I got an apprenticeship and I met Greg in that time and I actually married Greg before I finished my apprenticeship. So here we are. Cool. <laughs> here we are. So, on an aside note, if you guys are really struggling, like if you're a young teenage yeah, girl, yeah, yeah, talk to that one. Talk yeah. to that one. If you know someone that's really struggling with their own faith, talk to her. Please, please. Greg, why don't you share a little tiny little bit about... When you first come, just step back. She'll preach strongly on that one day too. I've seen oh, yeah. seen that. So, yeah. Um, okay, so I moved here in the late '90s. Uh, I grew up in a really good Pentecostal Christian church. I had a fantastic upbringing. We started in a small uniting church, but then we moved to a different um, Pentecostal church in Griffith, New South Wales. Um, I saw you know the spirit move really strongly during services of that church. It was just a a wonderful, wonderful place to grow up. During my late teens, early 20s, I, I wasn't interested in church. I just made the decision that that wasn't for me. Um, you know, I thought I was a good person, but I, I didn't, you know, so I'd, I'd walked away from, from God. I, that was, um, yeah, that's where I was at about that stage. Um, and I was really lonely, really, really lonely. I remember I was, uh, I'd moved to Benalla at this time. I'd, I'd moved to, I was renting a farmhouse at it halfway between Tadong and Benalla, just really lonely. I'd get home and I was just lonely and I was just convinced that there was no one there for me and I was going to be alone for the rest of my life. And I remember I got this stirring. Every time I drive past the turn off on the Shep Road to the church, I just felt I had to turn right. Uh, so I'd step on the accelerator and keep going on to Shepherd and all. Or go on to Daniloquin and go and spend the weekend with friends. So you know, God was really calling me and you know, I, I knew what I should have done. So anyway... Uh, one Sunday, 17th of August 2003, I turned right 
I was freaking out. <laughs> Turned right, walked in the, in the doors, walked in the auditorium. I saw Stacey on stage and God said, that's your wife. And that's great. And I rang mum when I got home and I said, oh, I found my wife. I hadn't actually met her or talked to her. <laughs> um, and I guess, you know, that, that was a journey in itself. That was a... That's a whole other oh, story. <laughs> but Psalm 68.6 says this. It says, God sets the lonely in families. And I found that in this place. And that's probably, yeah, all yeah. I want to say on that. And Thanks. we pray that we are meeting that need still. Like, yeah, God meets the lonely in families. It's, it's incredible. So. Thank you very much for sharing all that with us. That's good. Um, we'll change the pace a little bit. Daryl, um, the question asks of you, when you first, what, what did you first see in Greg? As someone that uh, would, you would feel to become an assistant to you or, yeah? Um, well, uh, I could answer that in a couple of ways because um, I saw several times things in Greg that... Um, I observed and thought, wow, uh, there's something in this young man. Uh, and the first time God really, uh, something happened was a Friday night and Greg had started running youth with five kids and they had about, I don't know, probably 30 by this time. And it was amazing what he was doing. Everyone was telling me, but I hadn't heard or I don't like micromanaging. And that has been... Uh, that's worked for me, and there are times it's worked against me. But if I appoint someone to run something, I, I want them to run it. I don't. It annoys me if someone gives me a job, and then sticks their head over my shoulder and I oh, watch this or do that or you can't. I just feel like get out and leave me. So I, I just like leaving people. I trust them. If God's pointed out, I, that's been the way it was. And so Greg came to me and he said, hey, Daryl, just to let you know that I'm not going to be here next Friday night for youth, taking Stace up to see mum and dad up at Gilgary. I said, oh, okay, no problems. What do you want me to do? Because I, you know, I'm the man, I'm the senior pastor. What do you want me to do? And he said, nothing at all. Um, everything's right. You, you just, yeah, just relax and enjoy the weekend as it comes and it's right. And I thought, well, I'm not needed. I'm senior. <laughs> So my office used to be in here where the church office now is. So I came down that Friday night and did some work and I thought, well, I've got to make sure this is all right, you know. And so one of the young fellas got up and introduced the evening and Steve was the music director for the youth band and they had this awesome worship. And one of the kids got up and shared an offering word and they took up an offering and one of the young fellas preached and, mate, he was jolly, he was good. <laughs> and a couple of kids responded for salvation and one got baptised in the Holy Ghost. And he, he was in Griffith somewhere and I thought, this young man is a leader. He is an organiser, he is able to get people around him, but it's not all about him, it's about releasing and teaching others. I was just so impressed with the meeting. And I thought, everything I'm not good at, he is. And I sort of pricked up my ears a bit. Then a few months after that, it was funny because Greg was with me, went to one of the, some of you would, um, who were in our leadership team, went to a regional day, it was in Bendigo. 
and the pastor there spoke and he just said, I just want to firstly talk to you about raising up a Joshua. Who is your Joshua? Who's the young man or lady that you are raising up and teaching and that will one day lead the church that you're leading whenever that may be? And I sort of, at the age I was then, I thought I had 100 years left in me and I thought, raising up a Joshua, but it really spoke to me. And I thought, and I just felt God say, you need to be doing this. And I thought of Greg, but I didn't just say, well, I'm assuming, I want God to tell me. I said, well, Lord, who is my Joshua? And clearly, as clearly, as clearly he said, Greg is. So what did I do? Nothing. I just let it go for a period of time. I didn't want to rip in and do the wrong thing and my then board uh, got very irate when I broached them with the idea of appointing Greg as my assistant, but uh, not all of them, but some of them did. And uh, and this is a, you just rush to a decision and it had been over 18 months and I hadn't done anything, so I wasn't rushing into anything. <laughs> But when I asked Greg, would you be interested in that, he said, God spoke that to me the day we were sitting together in that meeting in Bendigo. And I thought, well, there you go. And so I knew then that um, uh, that was going to happen one day, so I could answer it that way. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, reading the kids' Joshua story last night, oh, yeah. and Joshua just got into, just about to split up all the Israelites, and, yeah, he's an old man now, and, yeah, just... Just as I was talking, I'm like, that's got to be Greg. It definitely is Greg. So it's really, it's still moving. It's awesome. So, um, yeah, so keep going, Daryl, about um, Greg was your assistant for a while. Yep. Um, sounds like a days of your life thing, isn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was your assistant for a while. Um, and now how do you feel about reappointing the man? To the, uh, these guys publicly at a gym when Jim yeah, was here. Jim when Jim Peters, Peters was here, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's right. Well, uh, if I I'll just stick to my notes, and I've already, I wish school was like this because I had the questions before I come. So uh, I've got the answers here. I want you, but I want you to know my heart in this, and I want you to know why I'm doing what I'm doing what we are doing, what we're doing, because this ladies, we're, we're one with this, no problems. Um, but I received opposition when I originally wanted to appoint Greg, uh, a lot of it. It was heartbreaking, really, but I could see what was in him. And I could see his heart, and I knew what God had spoken to me, but they couldn't. And it was just like last week when I was speaking to you about David and went to the, went, you know, on behalf of his father to see how his brothers were and sees this giant and says, uh, you know, who is this Philistine that come out against the armies? He stood up and as a late teenager and, and no one in the army, even Saul, who was head and shoulders above everyone, uh, was scared and, and non-functioning. And uh, Yet if you go back some chapters to when he was anointed, Samuel thought, well, here's a lie, here's a lie of the, the older, handsome, strong, biggest mate. This is the man. And God said, no, it's not him. And you know the story. He went down the line. And God said, no, no, no. 
And he said to Samuel, is there anyone else? He said, oh, well, the youngest is out looking after the sheep. It couldn't be him, you know. He said, well, go and get him. <laughs> and God said, yeah, this is the man, anoint him. And God could see in David's heart then. Others couldn't. They thought, well, the biggest, strongest one must be the man. But, you know, that's how it is. And I, I, knew, I knew what I saw in Greg, but they couldn't see that, unfortunately. And so because of that um, opposition, we had never formally laid hands on him and prophesied or prayed over him and done it that way. So I really felt it was time to do that. Uh, the other thing was uh, I assumed that most of the people of you people now in Life Church maybe didn't know about his original appointment as my assistant and I wanted that to be uh, known, that that is what had happened. And, uh, but I believe in, in, in anointing and, and laying hands on and, uh, and doing and praying and prophesying over people when they're appointed. And I, I wanted someone to do that beside myself. And the previous time Jim was here, he said, there is something in that couple, Greg and Stacey, there is something in the, the all of your kids, he said, there's something in them. I could, I, I'll prophesy over them now to you, he said, I know, but... He said, I could see them leading the church one day, that couple, uh, Greg and Stacey. And I said, yeah, I know. And so when I knew we, we had him coming back, um, he said, I would love to pray over them and uh, help you appoint them. And so it was, to me, a reaffirmation of Greg's appointment. But it was to, announce, uh, to uh, appoint Stacey as well. I always knew that it was part of Greg's appointment, Stacy was. I knew from a little baby she would preach and lead one day. Her response was, I will do nothing like that. <laughs> Don't even ask me to do anything like that. And so we appointed Greg, but I just knew somehow one day. But God has done a remarkable work in her life, and she has responded obediently to that. And so I wanted that to happen with both of them there. So that's why I did that in, yeah. uh, on that particular day. That's yeah. good. Um, yeah, there's obedience. Uh, there's a blessing in obedience, isn't there? there is. So why don't you guys talk about what was going on between when Daryl first started talking about an appointment or that kind of thing through till when Jim sort of showed up. And, yeah, yeah, so um, we, even from early on in our marriage, just knew. We never did quite talk about it, though, didn't we? We were constantly down here sort of serving and... We're running youth and on teams and doing stuff. But, and every now and then we'd sort of be like, do you reckon one day? Oh, no, we won't talk about it. <laughs> but we kind of knew. We, ha we knew God had called us to something. So it, it did, and especially for me as a wife, I was like, yeah, I can see that Greg has that Joshua in him. Um, and so obviously, you know, we've talked about there being opposition and, and we did go through a really hard season. Um, and that did actually affect, you know, these guys, Matt Christie, and Stephen Beth, like it affected all of us. Um, but I just, God is so good and he really said he would grow us in that time. We had a lot of growing to do, um, which we would have done anyway, but it certainly grew us. Um, and he had a verse that he gave us. Greg's going to share that in a sec. But we also had a, a prophecy. Um, and, you know, if, if you've had something prophesied over you, just take hold of that and keep that in your heart. Um, and part of that prophecy was, was this, but it was also um, that there'd be a turning of the page in the spiritual before in the natural. 
So for some of you, you might be going, where did these guys come from? And this has been a years-long journey, um, and that's why we're wanting to share that with you today. It's not like, you know, last year Dad said, hey, do you guys want to kind of, you know, be assistants, high-five, let's do it. It's been a long journey, and so we want you to know that, but also, you know, we've really grown through that, and we really feel, um, yeah, that God's done some good things through that time. Do you want to share that verse? You actually stole mine. I was going to talk about being refined through that season, but you've covered that, so I, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was good. I wouldn't have it any other way, actually. Um, and, you know, obviously, I, the devil, you know, he'll try and kill, steal, destroy, and he was, in that instance, he was using mindsets to, to do it. So, you know, I, you know it's, it's a shame that, that, you know, there were some relationships fractured during that time, and Look, it is what it is. Um, there's no ill will, no no bad feelings. It's just that that happened, uh, and it, it's a great shame. But look, you know that's that's fine. We've, we've all come through it. Um, the one thing I learn as I go through life and get older is <laughs> when when two parties are in conflict, it's not necessarily a right and a wrong. There is some right and some wrong. And I know I was a bit of a sharp hot-tempered so-and-so and, and um, yeah, God really used that to, to blunten a lot of that, you know, and, and um, it's helped me as well in my professional life. So I, I hold a senior executive role now and there was no way I could, um, in my Monday to Friday employment, hold the position I have now having not gone through that season. So thank you, God. You know, he, he's blessed us, yeah, so it's, it's just, yeah. Um, but Stacey and I, I can't remember what time it was, we were given a scripture during this season and we've, it's not just for that season, it's our life scripture. It's Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. And I just want to read it. It's from, this is from the New Living. I just, I just love this. Um, mainly because 7 and 8 are my favourite numbers. So, you know. It says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Amen. Yeah, I, I hope you can declare that, that he is your hope and your confidence. They are like, they are like, someone needs their glasses. <laughs> they are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing and Stacey and I look back at that scripture during times of not drought, during good times, during bad times. It's a, a good scripture that we've anchored our life, our marriage, our, now our ministry journey is going to be anchored on that scripture um, because, you know, emotions change, feelings change, seasons change, but the Lord doesn't change. His faithfulness doesn't change. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So. Yeah, that's awesome. pretty much what we, yeah, we're based on. It's incredible. And obviously, yeah, if you feel it, you want to ch chat with them more, I'm sure you guys would be able to talk more, like days and days of worth of, <laughs> it's incredible. So we're sort of talking about transition a bit here. Um, Daryl, Pastor Daryl, why don't you speak a little bit about how this transition would work? Yeah, well, I would be very happy to do that because... Uh, Good, because that's what's on the answer. Uh, that wasn't really originally. <laughs> I knew Greg was my assistant, and I thought that meant that one day we would stop and he would start, and 
that would be how it happened. That's the only way I ever saw it happen. And this thing, a transition came to me. And so firstly, how do I see it working the same way that Moses transitioned to Joshua? They didn't just say Joshua's the deputy leader and keep out of the road, boy, and let me do my thing. And one day when I'm gone, you can take over to Joshua. That's not how Moses... Joshua was the leader of the army when they fought the Amalekites. He was the strategist. He was the general. He led the army of Israel. And he didn't have Moses over his shoulder telling him what to do and what not to do and be careful of this. And Moses was up on the hill, and I see that what is what my role will increasingly become. He was up there praying. He was up there upholding them before the Lord. And, and Joshua was released to lead the army. And gradually Joshua did more and more things. And um, in Numbers 27, 18, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the Spirit. And I know that's in this couple. Lay your hand on him. Set him before Eliezer the priest and before all the congregation and inaugurate him in their sight. Especially verse 20, and you shall give some of your authority to him that in all the congregation of the children of Israel one may be obedient. And so what it is saying there is give him your authority over some things and let the people learn to respect him and see that he can lead, etc., etc., etc. When finally Moses wandered off up a hill one day, and I must be careful of that because <laughs> Moses didn't come back. And... Uh, but there wasn't this great thing, oh, well, what are we going to do now? Who's going to be the leader? And the nation would have fallen into disarray. It was just known. He was already doing most of it. And Moses was a very old man. And so it just continued. It grew. They entered the promised land. They conquered. Uh, it was an, a great time in their history. Uh, uh, there was no big hole and uh, I've seen too often, even in farming families with whom I've lived and whom I've been involved with, where the dad's going to hand over to the son, so by the time he's 80 and the son's nearly 60, well, it's your turn now and all their vision's gone, all their drive's gone. It's all over, Red Rover, and everything just... its no, It doesn't work. They're at their prime of life now, and we are... <laughs> Fading fast, Pam. She's got a crook back and I can't breathe. So, uh, but that's how we see it doing. And the word transitioning came to me. That, that, that's the way to do it. And people have said, how did you think of that? And I said, well, I didn't. And I thought, I, I hope I'm doing the right thing. I think I am. And then I saw Bethel. We're holding, we're holding a conference for pastors that are transitioning over to younger leadership and thought, well, there you go. Maybe Bill Johnson heard my podcast, I don't know, but uh, and other people. So that's a great idea and so uh, that's why we're doing what we're doing and that's how I see it working. So, yeah. Awesome, yeah. So they're, they're all running, oh, they're running more than yeah, for sure. you know already. Yeah, yeah they're doing yeah. a lot. Anything that happens around here is, well, it's over there. Everything's done over there. So, Pam, why don't you share? Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's like a natural process. It's like these guys do so much already. It's amazing what they do. And then um, a lot might, of you might know, but 
it's just been just so, such a blessing to us to have them step into into their giftings and 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 God just showing them new things and and I just I just believe it'll be a natural um, process, a gradual process, and I see us becoming like the grandparents of the house, encouragers, prayer support and. Like over many, many years, <laughs> yeah, you've called on God lots. <laughs> so you, you, you know that, you know some things. I guess you're at that time of your life and God has shown you many things, but I just believe it'll be a, a gradual, natural thing. Yeah. Stace? Yeah, so I, um, see us as alongside like I can't see us doing it without these guys either so we don't want anyone thinking like they're not going anywhere and I guess that's what we're saying about being grandparents or being you know um and I heard uh Christine Kane on on a generations thing once and I thought of it last night and she talked about um when you're running a relay so you've got as you've got someone sprinting and they're holding the baton and then there's that point if we want to use the word transition where you're both running because if that person that you're passing the baton to isn't running you'll either drop it or you you'll slow down or you'll so there's a point there where you're both running and you pass it and then they take off and you're still part of that team like you you all win right so I just see transition passing the baton but we're in a season of we're, we're both running. So do you want to...? Yeah, Greg. Yeah, so I think I get where Daryl's at. Actually, we had breakfast with a gentleman yesterday morning and it was a really good breakfast. They runs a, um, educational, a Christian educational institution, a, a national institution, and Daryl and I had the privilege of hearing their plans for the future and we had breakfast at the end of the conversation and um, I'm looking at Daryl, I'm like, do you want me to reply? And he sort of nodded. So I replied and, and um, you know, outlined our support and where to from here. And I think we're pretty much on the same, same page. Um, so that's kind of how we work. I've, it's been my privilege over the last couple of weeks even to catch up with people who've got ideas for, for, for different things they would like to do. And um, that's great. And I, you know, run those things past Daryl when it's time to do so. But I, I don't think, you know, we're... History's shown that you know I'm not going to do something that's um, not of Daryl and Pam's heart as well for for the church. It's just we just seem to have that connection. We you know we don't agree on all things, um, but some good basic key principles. We we agree how things should be done. We we love excellence, uh, and that's just just something that that flows through. Yeah, that's well, good. So we've talked about a little bit about past of uh, how this church has sort of started and. All that kind of thing. We're talking about a little bit of a present sort of feel now, but we want to talk more future-wise. And Stacey's going to lead us through that a little bit. I'm going to lead. As Greg said, Stacey's got through. so much more to say than me. I'm trying to be good. Um, so I just had that, with this whole talking about your generation, actually this began because I sent, I had just this moment and I was like, we have to let everyone know our hearts for the church and what we see and it's going to be talk, talking about your generation. And I text these two guys and they were like, yeah, let's do it. But I got thinking about that word generation. And so we're talking about, you know, from one generation to the next. But generation is actually also um, 
like if you think of electricity generation, like, so now we're going to talk about your generation and what you guys are generating because you are the future of this church. So there's only so many people us four can reach. We can't, you know. So talking about your generation and we um, really want to uh, set culture within the church and I want to read you, um, I mean, aside from that, if we're talking future and like we've got things on our hearts, things that God's shown us and today isn't the day to go into that, just time reasons, but we're going to just tell you a little bit about um, the culture that we, we want to generate um, and I'm just going to find it so I don't go off my notes. So you'll notice this year we have had culture of testimony and so we've begun to make it just culture that when something good happens, you guys let us know and we talk about it and we celebrate together. And so that's not like, oh, oh God did something really good. It's, it's like, no, we expect that. But we, we have a culture where we testify. Um, culture of giving. So, um, and you can write these down or you can listen later because this is really um, where we see you guys. So, culture of giving and we have such a generous church and supply drop has been key. So, this year we've really launched supply drop and culture of testimony um, and they have, you know, this is going to change, it's changed the way we do church. Like, we've given out so many um, and to you guys too. So, if anyone here needs anything but also into the community, um, we want a culture of inclusion so everybody that walks through our doors is welcome, yeah? Just an automatic, we welcome you, no matter your background, no matter anything. Culture of inclusion, culture of connection. And so we've been working this year on networking. So if you imagine a, a big network, a big system, and everybody's plugged in in that system. So you might be reaching these two people, but you've got someone reaching you. And we're setting up a connect team, which means... We want to on purposely make sure every single person in this church is connected to somebody. Um, and I think when you call it pastoral care, you have this, like, I either need a counselling degree or I need to be a pastor or a visit from Pastor Darrell. When it's Connect Team, it's us doing life together and everyone's connected. So we want a culture of connection, culture of involvement. And a little while back, Dad spoke about um, being part of the body, and I want to make sure that's podcast because that was a really powerful message about how you can actually become uh, involved. Um, so culture of involvement, culture of encouragement. We want you to have a go. Like what's God put on your heart? Have a go. Step out. And Greg spoke, you know, again, about finding the gold. We see gold in the room. We see you guys um, as, as key part of what's happening in the church. Greg just mentioned excellence, culture of excellence. Um, and a big one also is culture of expectation. So we expect God to move. Um, you know, when we worship, we expect everyone to worship together, but for, to see God moving, to have Holy Spirit encountered, we expect, um, you know, as the words preached, for, uh, you know, things to be shifted, for people to be set free. Um, we expect healing, we expect miracles, encounters, and so, with this culture, especially like with all of them, if you think of the culture of life church as in within four walls, well, that's good, but you are the church. And so as you walk out of this church and you're doing your life, that culture of becomes 
who we are. And so someone meets you down the street, you have a culture of excellence. You have a culture of testimony. Hey, guess what God did for me? You have a culture of expectation. I expect that as I pray for you right here, right now, that God is going to move. And so we really see that as key um, uh, to what we're generating in the church. Do you want to talk about culture as well? So it seems every podcast I listen to lately, every quote, everything I read is about culture. And I was um, listening to a podcast, it may have been Eric Johnson, and they were talking about their school of ministry and he, he said uh, their culture there is like an invisible river that their students step into. They may not specifically run through the 20 cultures they exhibit, but because the majority are doing that, new people that come in just, just step into that invisible river and go with the flow. And I just see that's how this house you know, is and, and will continue to be, is we'll, we'll have these good values, this good culture, and as we grow, as, as we reach out to people, people will just become part of this positive culture. So I'm really excited about it. Um, just a, a couple other thoughts, um, and it's a bit off topic, Matt, but you can throw a mic at me, that's fine. Um, one thing I really see is I, I love Sunday church. I think church is important. It should be a priority. Um, but our, destina- our destin- destination isn't Sunday church. It's like, oh, if I can just make it to Sunday. No, our destination is our life, our, our employment, our workplace from around the community, our families. Church is where we come to fellowship, where we recharge, we, we reconnect, and then, bam, we go back out to the community. So just want you to know the destination you know, is not Sunday church. We're not building something around Sunday church. It's an important, integral part of what we do. But um, the role of the church is actually to build you up, equip you, encourage you to reach out to the community. And we need to be reaching more and more and more. And we will do so over the next years, decades, whatever. So just know I value church. I value excellence. I value the building. But I value equipping and releasing all of you. You are the church. The church is a building, but it is you. It is is each individual here, and our community needs each of you. Amen. That's good. So it's like a, a, a campfire and, and a coal rolls out and it gets colder quicker when, than it would be in the fire. And that fire is sort of what we're, you're talking about is a culture. The culture is what you can take. So if you go out of the fire into your community, into your workplace, into wherever, you can take that culture and you're still burning hot. It's incredible stuff. Yeah. So... Um, where are we going to go to next? I've lost my spot. It's great. We know a bit more about future, Daryl, Pam, you guys? We could quickly yep. do that, couldn't we, Pammy? So uh, I just certainly see the future under Greg and Stacey as we transition further across. But into the future, I just see the church becoming a church of influence way beyond what it is now. And I've always known that one day... Um, it will have influence beyond its size, and I just really honestly believe that. I had a, had a vision or dreamy thing, I don't know really what it was one night years ago, and I saw the, the um, meeting here and it was just absolutely packed, way beyond the seats I were just jammed in, and the car park was a, it was jammed beyond full, and there was this healing meeting with fantastic things happened and I know I shared it with the board I then had and 
a couple were excited and the others sort of rubbish me and said, oh, that'll never happen. And I thought, you've got to be joking. That really annoys me. I know what God will do one day. But as I look back on it now, I wasn't running the meeting. And I thought, I wonder why that is, eh? And so um, that came to me one day. I thought I wasn't actually running that. And then I went to a, a, a regional meeting and a, another pastor prophesied over me. He said, you've seen amazing things for your church in the future. But he said, a lot of them you won't see, but your children will. And so I'm very confident in the future. I know what God will do. I really am. Uh, I got the willies up one day. I, I know people will come here from a long way. People will travel here to get healed because they see hear what's going on here. I really believe that. Uh, I speak prophetically this morning. Um, you probably don't think I could ever get disappointed or upset, but I know when a lot of people left there at one stage, I just, oh, Lord, I can get like that. And I'm reading Isaiah chapter 49 and this verse just really, really got me right in my spirit. The children you will have after you've lost the others will say again in your ears, the place is too small for me. Give me a place where I may dwell. I know this place will not be the permanent. I know one day you'll be meeting elsewhere because this will not fit. I know you can fit a lot of people in here but you can't park cars and the facilities are just, I know the day will come when you will need bigger, and I'm telling you the truth. Uh, Isaiah 54, God often has spoken to me out of the chapter, but especially verse 2, enlarge the, the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. You'll expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. And I can see the day when there will be campuses, I think, from this church or plants from this church as well. So that's what I see. That's exciting, isn't it? And that's, I guess that's what I put here, just that the future is exciting because nothing is impossible for our God. And um, seeing the next generation raised up and to fulfil God's plans and purposes for this place, it will be amazing. And we're here for such a time as this. How amazing is that in our lives that we will see something that God had planned even before, like he has it planned already, amen? Um, Isaiah 28.10 says, Precept upon precept, line upon line, and I just feel... It'll be revelation revealed. It'll just be revealed and revealed and revealed and you will just know this is the way, walk in this. Amen? That's good, Stacey. If I just may say one thing, old pastors, old farmers, old business people uh, who will not hand over to the next generation until they're just about dead have one thing in common, they're all insecure. And I don't know what being a grandfather in the house means. I have no idea exactly what we're going to do. friend I've got in India said, maybe a good time for you to come to India and start Life Church India. I think it's not, not a bad idea, is it? Maybe just leave the accents. I, I don't know. 
Well, I could speak Indian fine. You could see that. So um, I don't know, but we're very, we're not insecure at all. I trust God, seriously. So thanks, Matt. That's awesome. Any, you want to kick so on? So little probably, yeah, just a summary. I just thought, so this role in the ministry, you know that. That's my heart. So I see the future. The future is not about, oh, I'll come and see Greg and Stacey and Alan Pam with an idea and they'll do it. Sorry, it's not going to be like that. We're all in the ministry. We might hold the, the title of pastor, assistant, lead, senior, whatever, whatever it is at the time, but we're all in the ministry. So this church is about equipping you, encouraging you to reach that particular, those people whom you're called to reach, those, your workplace, your family, the, the strangers, whomever it might be. So I'm really excited about that because it's not about me. Um, and that's really good because it's not about me. So it's all about him. So he's going to give us the ideas. He's going to give you the ideas. Uh, he's going to bring the resource, the people, uh, the funds, the land, whatever we need to do. He's, he's God. He owns it all. Amen? So, yeah, I'm just excited. So this is... It, it, to me, it seems a little bit self-indulgent to sit here on a couch and talk about me, but it's not about me. So you know our heart. It's not about me. It's not about us. We just you know, get to be involved in you and releasing and equipping you because Jesus is good. Amen? Amen. What a privilege. Amen. It certainly is. Yeah. It's a big privilege sitting just here. It's amazing. Why don't we, um, just, why don't we stand? We've been sitting for a while. Why don't we stand and we're just going to, as a, as a house today we're just going to pray together Jesus we're just going to pray for the future that is to come and the excitement that follows it that uh, that God's got in store for us so Jesus you're amazing we thank you that you love us so much and that you have this incredible plan for our beautiful house God, there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful generation going on, you're, and you're you're just amazing in this. You're this glue that's holding this puzzle together, and we just want to thank you. And we thank you as a house, and we thank you as a congregation. We thank you as a family. And we continually thank you, thank you, thank you, for your Holy Spirit, God, for your Holy Spirit that's come and has, has laid upon these two couple, this couple down the end here that's. It's just so amazing. It's, it's incredible. And this wonderful couple that are going to grandparent the, the lot of us through this stage, through this life that we have together through you. Holy Spirit, come now. We welcome you now in Jesus' name. God, we just want to say thank you again for what you are doing. What you've done in the past has led to this moment, has led to this moment. And, and the moments on that we just only can dream of. God, we just, as soon as we start to dream, we, we, we put you in a box and we don't want to do that. We want to say, God, come and have your way in this life, in our church today. God, you're, you're amazing. Come and speak to Greg and Stace. Please come and speak to them so that they may run strong, so that they may run and finish a race that's worth finishing. God, may your life be all over. Your power be all over Daryl and Pam today. 
May they just know that they know that they know that they are strong in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can I just finish with one thing? Yeah, agree. Lord, I just, just pray blessing on the past. Lord, those foundational members, those who have faithfully sowed into the house, Lord, sowed into the Assemblies of God, Benalla, Rose City Christian Life Centre, Life Church, Lord, and whatever it may be in the future, Lord, just those, I pray blessing, Lord, I thank you for those who are now with you, with Jesus. Lord, I thank you that they... Thank you for everything they've sown into us, Lord, I've sown into the house, the foundation they gave us. Lord, those who, you know, are still in our community but not part of Life Church, Lord, I release them, I bless them in Jesus' name. Lord, prosper them where they are. Give them foundations where they are. Prosper them where they are. I pray a massive blessing over them in Jesus' name. For the present, Lord, I thank you for the house we've got, for the... The, the brothers and sisters in Christ in this place now, Lord, I pray blessing over them, Father. I thank them. I thank you, Lord, for making them steadfast. Lord, whether they're here for this season, long term, whatever, Lord, I just bless their walk in your name. And Lord, we look to the future. We see to the future. Lord, we just, wherever we need a course correction, Father, just give us a nudge. You know, wherever we need to be humble and, and just, just listen to you and, 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 and you know, if we're going our own direction, Lord, just give us a clip around the ear. Lord, we're just whatever. It's about you, Jesus. It's about, it's about reaching this community. It's about reaching this nation. It's about that international reach that you're going to give us in Jesus' name, Lord. We just, just honour you and we just declare it's not about us. It's for you. It's for your glory. And we thank you that we can be part of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Matt. Why don't we get Stace to finish off by praying for the week. One last thing from Stace. Yeah. And we will, throw we'll, me. you finish the meeting, please. I was thinking they did yeah. so well. All right. Lord, I just pray for this week coming, Lord. Lord, I just pray when we talked about even those, those cultures and what we've talked about today, that people would begin to listen, Lord, to what you have for them, Lord. Even just this week, Lord, begin to stir their hearts. May we encounter those we need to encounter this week, maybe be looking for the, for those who are open to hear about you, Lord. Maybe we be looking to where you want to use us this week. I just pray blessing over this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for being here this morning. And we may go and have a coffee. And um, I'm going to buy my dad some more chocolate. <laughs> Thank you, guys.